Welcome to Tiki Central Canada. Ever wonder what's in that cool, refreshing drink that you just have to have on that hot summer's day? Mmm, me too. Picture a man going on a journey beyond sight and sound. He has left society. He has entered Tiki Central with palm trees, beach sand, blue skies, and God, get me a drink now. Here are your hosts, Craig, Cam, and Paula, and their wacky views in drinks, life, and maybe information? Hey folks, and hey, how we doing? It's Craig here from Tiki Central Canada. I'll be your bartender, mixologist, and hopefully information for the hour. And uh, hey, Paula's here as well. Hi. Yeah, she's on the show. And uh, I hope everyone is being safe. We uh, are obviously in the situation of COVID-19 and everyone's doing their part. I've noticed that a lot of the numbers in Canada actually are not that bad as they projected. So I guess everyone's doing their part to stay home and stay safe. Keep up the good work, guys. Keep up the good work. I know it's been really difficult, especially, you know, with spring coming around the corner. It's super hard to do that. And that's why there is one of the reasons why we're also making sure that our show continues because we know you guys are going crazy being inside. And so nothing better than to actually have some tiki in your life. Yes. A little bit of an oasis. Yes. And and so many people just are drinking right now. It might hey. as well drink some good stuff. That's right. <laughs> if you've got the drinks at home, you got all the liquor at home, you may as well make a good stuff, a good drink. Because Here we go. even me that don't drink, I can say, like, if there's any good opportunity to become a drinker, this is it. <laughs> this is the time to do it, exactly. Yeah. seriously, like, it, you start going a little cuckoo in the house, right? Yeah, you start going a little batsy. Well, I guess, it's like Groundhog Day. Over and over. Well, that's, like, yeah, I mean, maybe you can concur on this. It's almost like you don't even know what day of the week it was. Like, just one day last week, I think it was, it was Thursday, and I literally thought it was Tuesday. Yeah, I have no idea. You know what I mean? Like, I, have... I woke up, and Norma's like, oh, don't forget to do the guards tonight. I'm like, what are you talking about? And she's like, it's Thursday. And I'm like, oh, it is? <laughs> it's like, I didn't know. <laughs> I had no clue. I mean, yeah. she works. She's still working because she works on yeah, she works so at home Justin, yeah. for her. So obviously, Monday through Friday is Monday through Friday. But for us, you know, who are not working, yes. it's just, yeah, one day blends into the next one. It's just, you know. And it's literally Groundhog Day. It's unbelievable. It's every single day you wake up and you're like, oh, crap, there's nothing to do. Like, I've been staying in bed until like 2 in the afternoon. Okay. I haven't been doing that. but No, <laughs> and, and here's the thing. I'm really proud of myself. Like, I received a, I don't know, like one of those little memes the other day. Yeah. And it actually says, um, wake up at two in the afternoon and know that you're contributing to saving the world. There you go. You are saving the world. That's priceless. There you go. Isn't it? It is priceless, yeah. Because I've always felt guilty of doing so. Well, I think, yeah, there's a, there's a mime I saw where it shows, like, before COVID-19, the guy's, like, lying on the couch and is like, you know, hey, you, you lazy person, yes. whatever. And then it shows like, during COVID, I'm saving, I'm saving lives. Yes, he's a hero. <laughs> like, he's a hero. <laughs> but it's still Groundhog Day. Yeah, it is. Still. Yeah, for sure. I Well, I don't know about you, but I always try to find something, like, every day, I try to do something. Like, I, Norma has a list of things always around the house to do. So I always will try to do something off that list or something from my own personal list to get kind of done. Yeah. You know what I mean? So then like, okay, I did something productive today. Yeah. I wish <laughs> I had any skills of that sort. Because mm-hmm. like, for example, I would, I, I definitely would need to fill in some holes in our walls and kind of prepare them for paint for, you know, one day right, when we can right. go out and buy paint again. But I have no idea how to do it. 
No, but you said in our conversations you're baking now or something, right? I've, I'm cooking. There you go. Yes, I, I've always there baked. There you go. But that's, that's productive. Yeah, that's, I started cooking. There you go. Yeah. Pick up a skill while you're at it. There you go. I tried making that drink, the the one that we talked about on the Poosers Rum one. Oh, the painkiller. Yes, right, that right. one. I yeah, tried yeah. making it and... <laughs> Either didn't did, work out, eh? I, well, first of all, I don't have the gunpowder Poosers Rum, right? Right, yeah. But I tried it with a... A darker rum. A dark rum. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I think it's clear that I don't like the taste of rum. Right. I think it's pretty clear. No, you're like, you're like Norma. Norma doesn't like the taste of rum yeah. either. Yeah, she hates the taste of rum. It was a bit, a bit too, I, I didn't do a pucker face per se. Right. But it was. It wasn't your fan favorite. No, no. it was oh, yeah. a thicker taste. Exactly, maybe. yeah. No, and that's what I mean. A lot of those, those, those rums will actually have a thicker content to them. Yeah. Right, yeah, for sure. So maybe maybe I can give it a go with um, light rum. Yeah, but, for sure. Next yeah. time we'll try all right, so the other thing I want to mention, too, is also we have a contest going on, because if you listen to our Tiki Jukebox series, that Mark brought in a rare collectible CD of Tiki exotic music. And so that is a contest going from April 15th to May 31st, I think it is, May 30th. By the way, did you do that Spotify playlist? Yes, it actually is tagged on. So if you guys didn't get a chance to listen to our Tiki Jukebox uh, go back an episode or two, and on the second episode, we did have the Spotify jukebox uh, list. We are going to be modifying that and upgrading that every month. We kind of miss Mark. He's not here. Oh, he's, my God. Uh, he's not with us today. So Tell it's, me about it. It's a whole uh, weirdness. His, of... his voice is missed. There we go. His voice is missed, and hope that he's doing well as well. And uh, let's go on to the show. Yes, and um, what drink did you prepare for us today? Well, I didn't actually prepare a drink for us today because obviously we're not in the same uh, location. So... That's sad. You're not even having the drink? <laughs> no, I'm not having the drink. Well, because I can't even get all the ingredients. I can't go shopping. So what makes you uh... think that our listener will be able to? Well, because... Maybe, maybe the one hey, out there is lucky enough to have know, it all? Or what you could do is you could save it and then when we go to... When you can actually go shopping, you can get all the ingredients. Okay. Okay. So, the, yeah, the drink we're going to be doing today is the Captain's Grog. Mm, That's and, the one we're doing today. Wait, you grog. We have, I, I remember this word from somewhere. Right. We've mentioned this before in the show a few times. Mm-hmm. So what it is, is that grog is a concoction that was made by the Royal Navy. And what it was is that they were getting rum rations on the boat twice a day as part of their rations. And what it happened was that some of them would actually store away their rations for a rainy day and then eventually drink them all in one shot. Or they would drink, you know, hey, I'll do you a favor and I'll get your ration as well today, let's say, example, like I'll do your chores and yeah. you give me your ration. So what ended up happening was that because of all these rum rations and because some people were either getting excessive extra rations or storing them up and then drinking them all at once, that the Royal Navy was not efficient. And so Admiral Vernon back in 1740 said, that's it. We're going to water down the rum. So then it's like a one-to-one ratio. And that's where the word grog came from. And this is where the drink came from too? Uh, no. So actually the drink, its origin, it starts way back in 1962 at the Captain's Inn, Long Beach, California. Captain's Inn as it, it is an inn or is it like a tiki bar? It is a tiki bar. It is a very exotic tiki bar. It's, it's got some character to it for sure. Okay. So it's more like the Mai Kai, which is the darker type of tiki, or is it like an outdoorsy um, beach poolside tiki type thing? Good question. So actually, it's, it is like the Mai kind way because it actually has up to five different dining rooms in mm. the in the restaurant. 
And so the origin of this drink, that it, where it came from, is in the Hukilau room okay. in, the, in the inn. But there's also, like I said, there's five different dining rooms. So it also includes an exotic dishes from the faraway places in the Corinthian room, and then entertainment in the Commodore's lounge, and even quality spirits upstairs in the Hukilau Polynesian room. So there's all kinds of rooms, just like it is in Maikai, like we talked about with, with Mark there. Yeah. This is a very large, exotic place. Cool, cool. Okay. And and what's in this drink? So we're going to actually start off with three different kinds of rums. <gasps> I know. It's got, really? It's got a lot of rum to it, for sure. It's like every other tea. Well, lots of tiki drinks have this. So we'll, we'll go through them. So it is uh, three quarters of an ounce of dark Jamaican rum. So that could be like a Myers or an Appleton rum if you want to. Three quarters of an ounce of light Puerto Rican rum. That can be a Bacardi rum, by the way. Okay. Uh, three quarters of an ounce of golden Puerto Rican rum. Again, that could be a golden por- uh, Bacardi rum if you want to use there. Uh, then also you could do is half ounce of the orange carousel. Now, if you don't have orange carousel, you can use triple sec, Grand Marnier, Cointreau, any kind of orange liqueur. And in worst case scenario, can you use the blue carousel? Sure, you can. Now, the reason why I don't suggest the blue carousel, I mean, yes, if you have it, that's the only thing you've got, then definitely use it. Because when you combine things, you're going to get different colors com- uh, coming out of it. So if you use, for example, a blue carousel on this, it'll kind of give a, a muddy look to it, like a color to it. So it's not exactly very appetizing. Oh, I mean, if I it's end all to be all for sure, then yes, you use your blue carousel. But you'll see when you make this drink, it's almost like it looks like an iced tea. Okay, so keep in mind that the taste will be the same, but it the will color look it will, will look, look, look kind of gross. Exactly. Okay, yeah. I see. Yeah. So also, then we're gonna add a half ounce of of flirum. Now we've used this ingredient before, and if you're in the states, you can buy flirum. Yes, in the liquor stores. If you're in Canada or other parts of the world, you can't. Just uh, on the description of this show, we will put a recipe because we've done it before. A recipe for flirum. It is a very extensive recipe. It takes about two days to make it. So um, yeah. Make it in small batches. Don't make a big, large batch of that, by the way. Um, half ounce of fresh lime juice. My, I always like using lime juice over lemon. And actually, this recipe does have lime juice. Uh, half ounce of grapefruit juice. Now, that's what I'm reading there when I read the recipe. It looks like a red grapefruit juice, not a white grapefruit juice. If you want something a little sweeter, you can obviously use a white grapefruit juice if you want to, for sure. Oh, so this is the, like the tartness of it? That's right. Yeah, you're going to say this is like a balance between tartness and sweetness and all kinds of exotic ingredients are in here, like the floral and stuff. And uh, hey, half ounce of maple syrup. Okay, so, so I can see why. Oh, Canada. Woohoo! Yeah. Maple syrup's in there now. Uh, three drops of vanilla extract. So that's something like you can get in your baking aisle of your superstore. Yes. Or any grocery store. Three drops of almond extract. Same, same thing. Yep. Same thing. And or, then we'll, or my pantry. There you go. Or your pantry. <laughs> that's right. Because she's, she's cooking now. No, uh, but I've always been a baker, dude. Right, right. It's two separate things. No, I, hey, I know. I'm I'm a good cook, but not a great baker. Exactly. And I'm the Norma opposite. Norma is a great baker, but not a good cook. Exactly. I'm yeah. like Norm's. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, and then one ounce of soda water. Okay. Mm-hmm. And is this uh, shaken, stirred, beaten in the... In the... <laughs> in the backyard? No, uh, in the... Uh, <laughs> I forgot the Blender. Name. Yes. You beat it in the blender. I thought you were going to say, like, take it out in the backyard and beat it like... <laughs> no. Sorry, I, hey. was, I was thinking in Portuguese. Yeah, it's okay. So, yeah, you're going to shake everything except for the soda. You're not going to shake the How soda. Come? So, what it ends up happening is that it's, when you shake something, you're actually adding air and pressure to it. 
And so if you put the soda in there, you're actually going to expand it and it will actually add more pressure to your shaker. You won't be able to open it. Either A, you won't be able to open it, or really you kind of lose all the soda in the process because it'll eventually it'll thin out to a point where it's not even in the drink anymore. So this is going to be more of a fizzy drink? This Well, it's shaken, so it will actually have air in there, just like any other drink we've talked about before. Like your Blue Hawaiian, you know how you see how it's... Yes. You've seen in the past how it's like, it's kind of foamy. But what I mean is like, if you're going to have the soda water, is it going to be more like of a champagne type feeling, like fizzy maybe? Exactly, at the top, yeah. So what you're going to do is you're going to pour all that into a, strain it all into a double old-fashioned glass or a Collins glass with fresh ice, of course, and then top it off with the soda. Okie dokes, and then then just garnish it with a, a mint? Just a mint. That's easy enough. That's it. Yeah. Of course, now fresh mint is is hard to find at this time of year. But, really, uh, I have a huge uh, well, you do, production yeah. of mint. If anyone <laughs> so needs it, let me your, know. I'm so going to your house to make mojitos. <laughs> like seriously, if you want, I can bring you mint. Well, there. You, hey, careful what you you ask. For. <laughs> no, but seriously, like if you if you want for whenever we are allowed to have a tiki party, yeah, or see each other again, let me know. I will bring you. Or else, if you need it emergently, you know where to find it. Exactly. No, for sure. I appreciate that. Emergency. Awesome. That doesn't emergency? exist at all. Emergency. <laughs> if you have an emergency of needing mint, let me know. You know where to find it. Who has an emergency mint situation? Oh, quick. It's an emergency. I need mint now. A tiki person Stat. like you. <laughs> Anyhow, I'm trying to be friendly I, here. I've been that with pineapple juice where like literally I, I, I'll be making a drink and I'm thinking like, of course I've got a couple things of pineapple juice at home. And I'll make an example like Norma's uh, sucking the monkey cocktail. Yeah. And I'm like, open the fridge and I'm like, uh-oh, I don't have pineapple juice. So then I get in the car and literally like it's stuff, if things are still in the shaker, I literally get in the car, jump over to G&T, which is Giant Tiger here in, in Canada which is like two minutes away from my house, grab some pineapple juice and fly back and then you make the really drink. You really don't need to use the car for that. It's so close. <laughs> I know, but time is of the essence. You know oh, what I mean? Oh, please. <laughs> that's as lazy that's as a, it gets if a, you're getting your car to go there. That, that's a pineapple emergency. <laughs> yes, that's true. But you know, it's funny that the, and I still can't remember the name of the darn drink, but when, when I told Justin the other day, like, oh, I want to make this. Yeah. It was prior to our grocery day. Oh, no. And I was like, and he's like, but do you even have orange juice and pineapple juice? And I and I did. Yeah. But I, I didn't know I did, first of all. And then I, I found it. And I'm like, yeah, this is probably not good anymore, but I'm <laughs> yeah, still going to try it. The expiration's <laughs> yeah. like, oh, like 2018. Ah, I'm going to use it anyways. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> these are probably been sitting here for, but I, I smell it and I'm like, ah. I've already decided I'm not allergic to pineapple anymore. I, so I'm, like, I'm whatever. I'm thinking that's the case. Yeah. But a good tip, actually, you just mentioned, and I want to bring it up, is that if you guys notice in all of our pictures of all of our drinks we make on the show, I use Oasis. Now, yeah. yes, it's not real juice juice, but when you're doing mass production, like example, like when we have a tiki party, I can't be sitting there squeezing 20 oranges, you know what I mean? Or Oh, God, no. You know what I mean? So, and, and the great thing with the Oasis, and in my situation, is that the date on them, like if you look at the expiration date on them, it's like a year. Oh, so that's even after you open it? As soon as you open it and put it in the fridge, you've got almost like a year to use that. You're joking. No. Oh, so it was still good. No. (laughs) (laughs) So here's a funny story. So I work at two different bars and one of the bars, right, we get, we get the Oasis, like the cartons like I have on the show. And the guy owner actually comes up to me one day and he goes, hey, make sure there's proper rotation in there. And I'm like, you do realize that everything in here is about a year for expiration, right? He goes, what do you mean? I go, well, even the oldest, sorry, even the oldest one that's in here. 
I'm going to use before it gets to the year. Yeah. You know, of course. You know what I mean? So like, yes, there should be rotation, of course, in a restaurant. But in situations of Oasis, it's not critical because literally you've got a whole year to use it. But Oasis <laughs> doesn't have orange juice. Yes, they do. They do? Yes, they do. You just It's, it's harder to find, but they do actually have, have orange juice. I have not found it. Yeah, it's called exotic orange juice. I'm pretty sure it's what's called. Huh. I could show you too when we get off the show. Sure, yet. I have not yeah. yet found it. So, so basically, I have still been buying the simply orange, right? Whatever. Real, what's real orange juice? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I like that. Now, one. the expiration on that is shorter. Yes, yes, yes. So it definitely is not you know the forever long. I no. do have one that is orange and pineapple from Oasis. Oh, there you go. Yeah, it's not bad. I know. I don't know why Oasis does this. I go like I'll be looking for something example like um, cranberry. Okay. But they can't make just cranberry. It's got to be cranberry and blueberry, cranberry and raspberry, cranberry punch with orange. Because and... there are a bunch of mofos that like it. No, I know. But it's just like they can't. You know what I mean? It has so yeah. many words. It's a blend of two different ingredients. And I'm like, I don't want the blend. Yes. I want just the regular cranberry. Or Which like... is exactly, think with me. Yeah. If I like the blue Hawaiian and I'm trying to make myself a virgin blue Hawaiian, yeah. I need orange and pineapple, right? So, and then I'm I'm getting the pineapple from Oasis there from the shelf, and I see right beside it orange with pineapple. I'm like, huh, I'm gonna give it a try. Oh, for sure, yeah, yeah. It definitely doesn't taste as good. <laughs> no, but it's just frustrating when you're trying to find something very specific, and yeah. it's like, well, they blended it. No. Yes, <laughs> I ended up buying it because I was like, oh, okay, well, at least I have orange and pineapple. Now you, know? you do. That's right. In one so, one carton, it's it. <laughs> I guess I guess they're just trying to to. You know, well, shoot everywhere. Well, there's a market for that, right? Yeah, there yeah, is obviously a market course. for it. Of for course. Sure. Yeah. Um, and, and I have another question about that, too. Yes. Yeah. You said that there's a dark rum, a golden rum, and, and a, a white, white rum. rum. Do I have to, like, use the three? Like, what if I don't have the three? Is it going to influence the taste a lot? Are the tastes really different between one and the other? Right. We've mentioned this before in, in the show before. I mean, obviously, I've got an extravagant and exotic library of rum, and I have that opportunity to mix these different rums because I have all these rums. Because I'm going to be too lucky if I have a, a white and a dark. Yeah, exactly. So, obviously, you got to work with whatever you got. If you have a budget, then just work with whatever rum you have on hand. Do keep in mind, though, because rums do have different characteristics. So, if you're not quite sure what I mean, go back to an episode we have in our library. It's called Rum Tasting. And in the rum tasting episodes, we talk about the different characteristics of different rums throughout the world or different different destinations. And so, yes, these three different rums will have very unique tastes to them. Example, like the Jamaican rum will have a kind of a funk, kind of moonshine taste to it uh, with a kind of a rich molasses and oak flavor that you might not get in any other rum. So, but if you're like me, and sometimes I've even been in situations where I'm like, okay, well, I just want one rum to make this drink. I'll use, example, like a Bacardi 8 blend. So there's lots of rums out there that actually are blended rums. And I even say right on the bottle, blend. And so those are good rums to have if you just want to get one bottle. Blended between a dark a, and, a, and a white and a golden? It's Yeah, it's kind of a combination of all your rums. Now, if you're looking for a white rum, obviously white rum is white rum. I mean, you, wanna, you can't go get a dark rum to substitute for a white rum. It's completely different. But I mean, like, yeah, obviously use what you got. If you are hesitant and say, okay, I don't want to spend a fortune on rums because I don't know if I'm going to like it or not. Like example, like you said, you try to drink with dark rum and realize like, no, I don't like it. Yeah, I don't. So it would suck if you went out and bought a $40 bottle of dark rum and now like, great, now what do I do? I can't yeah, use this rum anymore. I guess you can't return that like everything no. else. Once you crack it, it's yours. So um, yeah, so obviously if you have a budget, just go with whatever you have at home or whatever you like. I mean- just because it says Jamaican rum, I might use a Barbados rum because maybe I like the characteristic of that rum instead. 
So okay, yeah. so basically, it's a dark rum, a gold rum, and a, and a, a white, white rum. rum. Yeah, but that's what I mean. Like the taste is going to be totally different if you exactly. don't use one or the other, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, will minus, be some change. minus the white one because if you don't put the white one, it's not going to make any really different. No, no, on the exactly. Taste. It won't make any difference. No. Okay, sure. but if you if you fail to do the the gold rum, it will change taste. It will right? change the taste of it. Yeah, for I sure. see. Okay. Yeah. Good question. Coming share because I actually get that question a lot from our listeners or people that know me. Like, well, Craig, I don't want to go have and go out and buy twenty different bottles of rum. Can I just use like one bottle? Like, well, yeah, you can. And so just do whatever whatever you've got. I mean, I first started off, I didn't have three hundred bottles of, of liquor. I started off with like five, four or five bottles. Yeah. I started off with a white rum, and that's all I had. I already so. started off, and I still don't have four or five. Yeah, exactly. So there you go. <laughs> but then again, you've... you're a bartender. I'm a newbie. Yeah. Well. um, where where is it that you got this recipe from? Is it the same old same old? <laughs> What's his name again? Beach Bombardi. <laughs> yes, it's Jeff the Beach Bombardi. That's Ooh. the right guy. And although actually, although he's not always the same old, you, you got some Vicks here and there, some traders <laughs> there and here. It's true, yeah. But he is one of the most common ones that you, this recipe's come out of. He is kind of the end all to be all when it comes to tiki recipes. And these you get from your actual books or do you get online? Yes, you can get them, get them online or you can get them through books. And the book that actually I used to get this recipe was a remixed or I used a Smuggler's Cove book, which is kind of like the tiki Bible. Wait, how did you come up with this specific drink? How, how were you like, oh. Yeah, so the reason why I made this drink specifically is because I was reading up on the Captain's Grog in the Smuggler's Cove and I noticed that it had all kinds of layers to it. Now, we've done drinks in the past few episodes were kind of just very, very basic. There wasn't too much complications to it. If you notice, like in the Antigua recipes, there wasn't, really wasn't that complicated. And the Navy grog, the Navy one we did, the, the Navy recipes we did for the Navy episode weren't really that complicated. Yes. And one of the things that I, I intrigued me about tiki over any other kind of cocktails is that it is a lot of layers and a lot of different kind of elements that you're tasting in these drinks. And so this drink in particular, if you notice, like I said, it's got three different kinds of rum. It's got florum in there, which is a, a secret ingredient of tiki. Yes. It's got like almonds, uh, sorry, maple syrup, which is Canadian, which kind of intrigued me, uh, vanilla and almonds. So it's got all these different elements. And so I know when I make this drink, it's going to, every time I taste it, I'm going to no, taste something I different. No, that I understand. So, yeah. so what? So did you go to the hardest to make page or something? No, no. I'm, all, I'm always constantly reading all the time. And oh, so this okay. came up in my, in one of my books. And the recipe right off the bat intrigued me. It was like, wow, this is really complicated. Lots of layers, lots of different ingredients yes, that I, are combined. I, I'm going to go test my listeners, see if they're good. There you go. <laughs> we should do a little contest and, and have the listeners send us their, their pictures of, of their drinks. Oh, hey, that would be cool. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Maybe maybe pictures of their drinks or maybe pictures of their recipes. Well, yeah, if they if they make recipes, sure. But like. You know, the drinks that we are talking about here, ah, okay, if they make mean. it at home, you know, tag us, send us a picture and ah, tag okay. us or something. I never thought of that. There we go. That would be awesome. Like we have our, our Instagram page of Tiki Central Canada. Yep. Mm -hmm. If you can tag us when you make the drink, that would be great. I would love to see what you guys come up with. I like that idea because then it means our listeners would be like, okay, I'm going to get super creative. Yeah. I'm going to make some serious garnish or something. Yes. You know what I mean? Um, I have another question to you, Craig, because yes. you always, okay, I always ask you, is it shaken or stirred and blah, 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 and you mostly say shaken, and then I'm thinking to myself, okay, how do you shake it? And I have seen your shakers and stuff. I have no idea what they're called or if it's the same one I always see, but it's definitely not what I have. Can you break that down? 
Yeah. Sure. Yeah, we've actually talked about shakers in the past, but that was like way, way back probably in the first season. So I guess in some ways we need to refresh everyone on that. Please. So, yeah, so there actually is three different types of bartender shakers. And so the first one actually is called a three-piece or a cobbler shaker. Now, this is the first one that you will probably use when you first start bartending or if you're just doing simple drinks at home. Um, it's, a, it's a great, actually, shaker, for example, like martinis, if you're making martinis and things like that. And what it actually is, it is these three pieces. So it's got the bottom part, which is the, the base, the tin. And then it's got like a little top that goes on top. And then on top of the top is a little cap that sits on top. And what's on the top? So beneath the cap. So underneath the cap is where the strainer is. So you actually don't need a strainer. For this one, it's kind of got the pro of that it don't need a strainer. So this actually is all in one, one piece, the shaker and the strainer all in one. And so it's a good one to start off with in that perspective. And so um, that's the one I kind of started off with. And if you actually are starting to make drinks at home or you're starting to uh, learn how to shake and stuff like this, it is a good one to start off with. Wait, learn how to shake? There's this actual method to shaking? Yeah, everyone thinks it's so easy. Everyone's like, how hard is it to shake a shaker? It's like, no, there actually is a technique to it. And, even, and especially when you get to the next one, which is the Boston shaker, if you don't know what you're doing, you can't open it. <laughs> So that's why I can't open my, because I shake like a crazy, and then I can't open anything. Did you, do you smile when you do it? Because they always say, hey, when you're shaking, make sure you smile at the customer. No, Hi. of course not. I'm, 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 I'm concentrated trying to make this thing shake as fast as So, and that's why, yeah, you, you're probably using the, what's called the Boston shaker, which is two pieces, a bottom and a top. No, one of my pieces is, is the glass I'm going to use. So exactly, it's definitely yeah. not a two yeah. piece. So yours is a like a Boston shaker minus the top. Possibly. <laughs> That's what it is. And so that one is the most common one you'll see in most bar uh, bartend bartenders using or in most bars. And it actually is one of them, once you get used to knowing how to shake, this is a good one to move up to because uh, there's three different ways you can get it. You can either get a metal with a plastic top or sorry, a metal bottom with a plastic top, a metal bottom with a glass top, and then a metal bottom with a metal top. Why would anyone want the glass? So... A lot of bars, they use the glass one because sometimes they'll actually use that glass to pour it into, for one, for example, so you're cutting down on glassware. Uh, and two, you can actually see everything being shaken around in there. You can, it's a kind of cool effect, like, oh, there's all the ingredients and it's getting turned into a different color or whatever, and you can see the shaking happening. Hmm. I use the metal one. The reason why I don't use the glass one is because the, the glass eventually can either A, break, because there is pressure in there. When you guys shake a shaker, there is actually pressure being built up inside that. I'm sure. And that's why you're saying you can't open your sometimes. Because I can't. Exactly, yeah. And so if you have the glass one, you have to still break the seal. You can actually break the glass. And so I've now gone to a metal-on-metal metal one, and most professional bartenders eventually, they sort of wean their way to that route of just being a metal-on-metal metal Boston shaker. The last one is one you don't see too often. It's not very rare. It's uh, mostly in Europe you'll see it or in parts of Asia. The French or the Parisian shaker. Okay. Yeah, and that one is not as uncommon. It's a two-piece. So basically it's like the cobbler where it's uh, got the top, but there's no little cap on top. There's no strainer on it. It's simply just a two-piece one with a top like the cobbler, but the bottom is a regular tin. So if you're in Paris and you want a drink that you have to... Still... You'll see you'll see bartenders in Paris, for example, using that one. No, no, it's... but I mean, like, if you need to strain a drink, you they, they won't need... be able to. Then you just like the bo well, same as the Boston shaker. You still need a strainer. So the Boston shaker and the French one, you still need a strainer to strain your drinks. 
the three-piece one, the cobbler, you don't need a strainer. It's actually built into the, sh- the shaker. Did you already talk about the pros and cons? Because I think I heard them. Yeah, well, let's talk about some of the pros that maybe I didn't mention and some of the cons. So the cons on the cobbler is that it will build pressure in her. And if you're just learning how to shake, there are times when it is hard to break it open, to crack the seal, to break the seal kind of thing. Um, and I'm not talking about like once you, you know, because obviously it has a strainer on it, so you're straining the drink. But when you go to take it apart to clean it or to make another drink, it is hard to break sometimes that, that, that seal. The thing with the cobbler too is kind of cool is that you can use that little top to measure things out. Usually, I, th- I think it's actually an ounce, that, that little cap on top of the cobbler. Uh, also too, the cobbler only is small enough to make one drink. So oh, it's it doesn't not, have sizes? It's, there's different sizes, but for the most part, a cobbler is just a one drink process. What size should I be looking for? So uh, example, if you're using the Boston shaker, mine is a 22 ounce uh, shaker. So if you're not quite sure what size you want, all you got to do is take your measuring cup at home, fill it with water, and then fill up your, the glass that you want to use, say, example, a Collins glass, and see how many ounces it is in that glass. And then you know that you need at least that size, if not higher, um, of a shaker to make it to drink. It's a good question because some people don't know what size to get. And there's different sizes. Huh. So that is a good point on the Boston shaker. The Boston shaker, the positive on that one is that you can make more than one drink. So I can make two or three drinks in a Boston shaker because of the size of it. In the 22-ounce one. In the 22-ounce one. I can actually make, you know, especially if I'm making something where I'm straining it into ice. Okay, so so try to invest on the Boston one, metal, metal. Exactly, yeah. So How much does that usually go for? So a Boston shaker on Amazon, you can go really cheap on a Boston shaker, metal on metal, probably about $20. Then you can get more extravagant. Um, my recommendation to you, by the way, folks, and I see it all the time, there's so many out there, different shakers and companies that are selling shakers. Do some research on it. Like the probably the best place to do that kind of uh, purchase is on Amazon because you can see the different price ranges you're going with. Is there a specific brand that is better than another that, um, that you would recommend? Well, uh, like I said, I buy a lot of stuff on Amazon. I have bought some things from some bar uh, equipment. Now, if you are going onto some of bar equipment websites, to purchase like our equipment and you're just basically starting out, that's not my recommendation because those equipment is very expensive. It is meant for professionals. Uh, I'm not saying that, you know, all of a sudden if you're starting out, they shouldn't be getting the best of the best. You know, kind of work with start off small, like I did. I started off with a cobbler shaker and worked my way up to a Boston shaker. So start off small, start off with something that's not going to cost you a fortune, um, and then work your way to a more elaborate kind of kit. Book review. Ooh, that's yeah. new for me. New for you, but we actually had it back in, I think, the first year, second year. And uh, so, yeah, we brought it back. So we're going to do a review of a book. Please, please. What book are we looking at today? Tell me. So the book we're going to talk about today and part of my library is The End, A Bottle of Rum by Wayne Curtis. Okay. And is this a, a, a sit down and read it all book or is it like a book you refer to? So it is a good book in the respect of that it has a lot of stories in there. Some really cool stories about rum and the history of rum and history of drinks. But also, too, it is a good reference book because it does talk in detail exactly how things started, like a daiquiri or a mojito, and where they came from, how they started, and the, the kind of the background of all those drinks and even some even parts of rum. So it does start off with basically the journey to rum and how it started in the Caribbean. And that rum actually was not um, so 
the byproduct of sugarcane is molasses. Yes. Molasses eventually turns into rum. Yes. When sugarcane was first being made in the Caribbean, they saw molasses as a waste and not as a byproduct. Yes. So literally, they were throwing away millions and millions of tons of molasses away because they didn't have no purpose for it. They didn't see any reason to use to keep it. Okay. It wasn't until the slaves actually on the plantations started to ferment it and make it into a drink. And then all of a sudden they realized that they had something. That's the same as in Brazil. Yeah. It's funny. We have so many typical dishes today that are very Brazilian and very typical. Mm -hmm. And they were 100% made with, you know, scraps that the owners didn't want anymore. And they would give it to the slaves and the slaves would make this fantastic dish out of it. Oh, there you go. The most famous dish in Brazil, the feijoada, is exactly that. It's just scraps of the pig. Yep. The ears, the tail, the everything. Oh, wow. Okay. And it became a, a bean stew. Yeah. That goes with rice and fantastic. Wow. It's the most flavorful thing you've ever t- tried. Obviously. Yeah. I don't eat it with the ears and the tail and yeah. all that crap. Right. The original is like that. They've yeah. already made the light version, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> just with the, the <laughs> premium meats. Right. Yeah. But yeah, it's. Definitely made by the slaves. So there you go. It, it goes to show you that uh, just because you're making something and that you have a, a, a byproduct of it or a waste of it doesn't mean that it's it's a throw away. It might be something good to use. Oh, yeah. But we don't usually see all that stuff, right? No, exactly. Yeah, we don't. We, we take for granted. We take for granted. We throw things away. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah. So on in, in the book, they talk about that, how basically the slaves were actually the ones that generated and fermented molasses into rum. Yeah. And uh, the big one that's in there, of course, is the Royal Navy and the Grog that we actually are talking about on the show. So in 1755, how they were sort of giving out rations of rum to the sailors as part of their daily uh, intake. And that actually ended up being a currency throughout the Caribbean and the world. And uh, the book also talks about religion and how it's an interaction with rum, uh, politics, and trade throughout the world and how rum was part of that factor. Interesting. And this all is in the And a Bottle of Rum by Wayne Curtis, right? Exactly. Yeah. And a newsletter we actually just put out, actually, this book is on that newsletter. So if you are not getting a newsletter, by the way, go into our website. We've ta- we're going to mention, obviously, at the end of the show or just in, in general. And under uh, subscribe, there is a spot to put your email address to get our newsletter, which is monthly or bi-monthly, depending on how much information we got going on. And it's great because we don't spam you guys. It's just basically kind of a little blurb of like new coming shows coming up, recipes, book reviews, Mark's adventures, all that stuff is on that newsletter. So it's a really cool kind of thing to get every now and then, kind of keep you in tune with what's going on. Yes. Yes. You've got mail. I thought you were going to say, did you know? I was going to be like, no, I did not. I did not. <laughs> but yay, another mailbag. I know, because uh, this is new to you. Like yes. the last show was the first time you've ever done the mailbag. Yes. We used to do it all the time, and then it kind of got lost in the mix. And uh, so we're bringing it back, because we do get questions all the time, and we do get emails here and there. So uh, yeah, why don't you read off the email that we got? Sure. Um, the email is from Robert, and he says, hey, Craig. Uh, we have seen a lot of facts on your show, and I was wondering if you can tell us how you go about your research to get these facts. Yeah, it's a really good question, and I do get a lot of that uh, that question from people because I'll, I'll mention a, a statement or I'll mention a story or some sort of uh, fact about something, and they're like, well, okay, how do you know that's the true fact? Because you say, oh, you know, there's a thousand different recipes, so how do you know the recipe that you're giving us is the exact recipe? So what it is, how I start off my research is I start off with this example, like um, the drink's name, and then I'll go and research it and Google it. And through that, usually Wikipedia is one of the ones that comes up first. 
Now, Wikipedia is a starting point. Just to let you guys know when it comes to facts, it is a good starting point. It is not the end all be all because Wikipedia is also written by everyone. Like I could write something in Wikipedia. You could write something in Wikipedia. So it's not a end all. I never all. have, but I heard I can. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So um, it. Some people, because they're like, well, it says in Wikipedia, Craig, that. And I'm like, well, that doesn't mean it's necessarily the, yeah. the true facts. So from there, I'll go into, if it's anything to do with a tiki cocktail or a drink, I'll go into my Trader Vic books. I'll go into my Smuggler Cove books. Uh, Jeff Beachmont Berry is probably the one book that I always hit all the time when it comes to this, these stories. And uh, if it's another kind of drink or even a historical fact or something like that, then I'll go do some research on several different sites Usually, uh, if it's something to do with history or politics or whatever, I'll go on to, um, you know, CNN or I'll go on to uh, Discovery Channel. Um, there's all kinds of sites to go for true facts. And the best thing to do is actually get a fact that kind of nails down on four or five different locations. So, example, what I mean by that is that if I have one fact and it's on five different reliable sources, I kind of know that that's got to be a reliable fact because it's on five different sites, not just one site or another yeah. site. Yeah, I can see that. Um, and the same thing with recipes. I'll go to four or five different books. If it's a tiki cocktail, I'll go to a Trader Book book, I'll go to Smuggler's Coat book, and I'll go to... So that's why we always have more than one recipe sometimes of the same drink. Exactly, because I've gone through different books to get that recipe. So there you guys, there you go, guys. Proof that he's saying the truth. <laughs> I'd be like Pinocchio, I never lie. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. There goes my nose. <laughs> That's the one man in the world that doesn't lie, ladies and gentlemen. Well, okay, don't, uh, you know. That's <laughs> Well, about stuff on here anyway. What? <laughs> so, well, it's, well, I don't lie about stuff on here. Now, it doesn't mean I, I'm sure if you ask Norma, I'm, I'm sure there's some things I lie about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyhow, the so, one man. There you go. So that's, uh, yeah, so if you, by the way, if you have a question, do email it isn't to us. Uh, go to tikicentralcanada at gmail.com. That's our email address, and I will put the link into this episode, so if you want to email us a question, you can. Um, don't kind of, I know this sounds silly, but don't go through, uh, and then, if you can, obviously you can. Like, if you go through our Facebook, or if you go through our Instagram or Twitter accounts and ask questions through there, it just takes longer for me to get through those because I don't hit those every single day. The Gmail account, uh, I pops up on my phone. It's literally a notification. It'll pop up on my phone, like a regular message. So that's a really easy way to get a hold of me because I have had people ask me questions and I feel bad because then I go back a month later and answer it. And they're like, well, why didn't you answer me earlier? I'm like, well, because I don't check those sources all the time. Yeah, now I already so. made the drink wrong. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or Last month. Or they've gone, like, I'm going to find out the information myself anyway. So yeah, so uh, if you want to ask me a question or you want to ask the show a question, then like Mark sometimes asks questions for Mark. Go to tikicentralcanada dot so no not dot sorry tikicentralcanada uh, at gmail dot com. Okay. Yep, and we'll put a link for that for sure. All right, so let's tell everybody who we are. Who are we? We are www.tikicentralcanada.ca. or dot com. There we go. Or all one word. <laughs> no cam. So no, yeah. <laughs> no, no, that's not my line. There you go. And uh, yeah, we we miss Mark. Oh, jeez. You know, hopefully, uh, you know, he'll be on the next show. We'll see. He's kind of busy. He's got some things going on down in Niagara there. So, uh, you know, hey, Mark, we miss you. Hope you're, you know, everything's going okay. We miss you and your velvet voice. There we go. He's got that voice. You know, like, you know what he, he sort of job he should get into? is those people who read you a story when you go to bed. Oh, my God. Because you know what I mean? He's got that soft, mellow voice. I've been having some insomnia. I can see that working. Well, you know, who actually, it's funny. So, um, Norma has, like, you know, her her her, her boyfriends, you know, on, on Hollywood. 
And one of them, actually, he, on an interview just recently, we saw with Matthew McConaughey. <gasps> McConaughey. McConaughey. He actually does that. He actually does nighttime reading for some company. He'll read you a story so you fall asleep because if you listen to his voice, it's very, it's very soothing. Yes. And very, like, you know, monotone. And it's very sexy, and... too. <laughs> not like you're doing it at all. No, not even close. I can't. No, I can't even pull it off. There's no way. <laughs> but I'm just saying is that, yeah, and he's actually, he does that. He does read stories. You can buy him reading your story. To you know he's married to a Brazilian as well? Yeah, I think you told me that before. Right, yeah. right. I, I don't know if you have to check that out. It's hilarious. So you know how everyone's dealing with COVID-19 and so obviously we're seeing here and there celebrities are on TV or on the internet doing their part, right, to talk about entertaining us or helping us out or yeah. passing the message on, right? Yeah. And so he actually has this video where he's a, dressed up like a cowboy and then he goes and puts on a on a, a tree. He's walking through a forest and he puts on the tree like a wanted poster. You know, remember in the old days of wanted yeah, poster? Yeah. And it's COVID-19. And he's talking about like, okay, we're going to make the the badass bandana. So he actually shows you how to make a bandana so you can, when you go shopping, how to make a mask. And so he has this video. It's hilarious. He's all Western-like. And he's like, all right, we're going to make the most badass bandana. <laughs> it's entertaining, but it's also educational at the same time. Yeah. I, mean, I guess it's like, that's what we are, right? We're educational and hilarious at the same time. I'm, I'm hoping. That's very <laughs> modest of you thinking that we're hilarious. I hope we are. I'm hoping we are. <laughs> <laughs> I hope we, yeah, we are. I know, I know. So anyways, yeah, on there, you'll see on the main page, you will see uh, our, we're on there. I'm on there. Paula's on there. Mark's there. on there. Mark's got a Mark's Adventures. Then also too, there's an episode page. So all the episodes are on there. The recipe page with all the recipes that we've done throughout the years. Uh, also too, there is a subscribe page. So please do subscribe. We do not have any commercials of yet. And uh, so that does drive us, the listeners. So uh, we do appreciate when everyone kind of clicks in and listens to us. It makes a big difference. Thank you. Yes. And uh, yeah, also too, we have a cool links. So the book that I did today, that will be on there. So if you want to purchase that book or you want to get the Kindle version of that book, it's a great way of, uh, you know, keeping yourself occupied during these times, of course. And uh, we hope that everyone is staying well and everyone's doing what they need to do, their part, just staying home. And uh, I think that's it. I think that's all. So plenty of information we had on the show. What do you think, Paula? I think that, that it was good. There it's go. going to be refreshing for a lot of us. Yes. They listen to, you know, listen to something entertaining and informational at the same time. Yes. There we go. Well, you know, Mark's not here, so it's not too informative. No, and, it, and we can't be that funny either because, you know. I know, because it's like the three, tree, you need the three amigos. Yes. Yeah, that's what I call us. Eh? We're like the three amigos. And we did it, the thir- we're missing an amigo. We're, it's like we're missing. No, a- yeah. Like we're not as funny without Mark. Like that's he true. just He just has he that. Just adds that finesse mm. to it. There you go. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, next time, hopefully. We'll see. We miss you, Mark. Oh. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, so folks, uh, we're going to uh, go off and, uh, you know, spend the rest of our day isolated. No. Doing nothing. Doing nothing but watching more, a lot of Netflix. Hey, some more of nothing. Watch, uh, was it Tiger King? There you go. You know. If, if you got nothing better to do and you want to watch some rednecks, go for it. <laughs> Lord have mercy. I don't. There you Thank go. you. All right, folks, we're going to go off and talk to you later. Next time. Bye. Bye. Well, I don't know about you, but I got informed. Guys, hey, guys, where's my drink? (laughs) It will probably look like something you don't want to put in your mouth.
because it's very <laughs> it's like, orangey. It's very orangey. It's right. 